Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like Ugly Christmas Sweater Karaoke and Holiday Music Bingo, plus happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. Here's to the great American settlers, the millions of you who settled for unsatisfying jobs because they pay the bills. Of course, there is something else you could do if you got something to say. Start a podcast with Spreaker from iHeart and unleash your creative freedom. Maybe even earn enough money to one day tell your old boss, hey, I'm no settler, I'm an explorer. Spreaker.com, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Hustle on over today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hot Off The Mess. I am your host, Samantha Bush. And of course, we are going to be talking about the episode of Real Houses of Beverly Hills from this week um, and how Erica is now apparently a Max Denista. We got some Denise Richards family stuff going on in the Bravo News Cycle. But also, I had an amazing chat with Hannah Burner. She was on Summer House, Bravo Chat Room. She's doing an amazing comedy tour right now. I loved my chat with Hannah. I think Hannah is genuinely one of the, like, most misunderstood characters on Bravo. And I don't want to say characters, but I thought it was just interesting and nice to talk to her about her experience, what she's doing now, Des. Um, we talked a lot about like anxiety and social media and all of that. And I just, I was so excited to get her on the podcast because I just felt it was like, I felt like it was kind of important for people to see a different side to her and realize that like TV sometimes not always what they make it out to be. But yeah, so just make sure to listen to that. It will be at the end of the episode. So uh, yeah. Let's get into some of the breaking Bravo news of the week. Okay, I said it in my intro, (laughs) but Erica Jean, what the fuck are we going to do with her? She, okay, for the last, what, nine months, 10 months since the news broke about the alleged widows and orphans and everything like that, she's been acting a fool on social media, as we know. She, uh, you know, tells people to eat her pussy and like it's just and then we've just been seeing a lot of like photos of her like paparazzi photos which makes sense I guess like 
But, and we've obviously talked about on the podcast before, Tom's weird paparazzi photos that come out where he has like an eye patch and a black eye and he's in standing in front of the retirement village that he's now living in. It's just like, it's very, it's very weird. But recently, Erica Jane was spotted at a TJ Maxx. Now, I have nothing against a TJ Maxx. I love a convenient, uh, you know, discounted loungewear vibe, like, and I feel that, I don't know, it's just, I can't even like wrap my head around it, to be honest, because it just feels like such a staged photo opportunity. I don't know. I, she's just like, she's just like in a mask, like shopping at TJ Maxx, you know, using her points or whatever. It's just, what are we going to do with her? Because I almost feel like she does this on purpose because she knows we're going to talk about it. And I mean, she loves to be talked about. I think her and Jen Shah are very similar in their uh, delusional narcissism at times. But okay, enough of Erica Jane and TJ Maxx. Let's talk about All Stars 2. So the ladies are officially making their way to Dorinda's house at Bluestone Manor for All Stars. I know it's technically not called All Stars anymore, but I will continue to call it that much like when they tried to say that it wasn't Winter House and they tried to give it this long name and it just it didn't stick. I will be referring to it as All-Stars. Tamara Judge posted on her Instagram story about four suitcases full of clothes and shoes that basically was telling us, hey, we're on our way to fucking All-Stars. We are doing it. Um, I know Taylor Armstrong is on her way. Jill Zarin, you know, the good old girls. I'm just excited to see them all together. I know Eva from Atlanta will be there, which I, people have been like, kind of questioning why she was invited. And it's like, I think she's a great addition. She's a reality TV star. She was on America's Next Top Model. That's like original reality television. I thought she was great on Atlanta. I just think like her time just phased out, which is very normal. Uh, Yeah, so just keep your eyes open for that. I have all of my alerts set on everybody's Instagrams for their uh, little trip, their getaway. I can't wait to see the pictures that are going to be posted because they're going to be different. They're, these are different. This is a different group of women in a different place, if you know what I'm saying. Like, they're going to be a bluestone fucking manor in the fall. So it's going to be, like, gorgeous. They're going to be in their fall outfits and their boots. And, like, whereas original All-Stars, All-Stars 1, that just is going to be, I think it's going on Peacock. They were obviously on an island. It was like much, it's just different energy. And I just am really here for that. I'm also really here for like the women just being trapped in Bluestone Manor because I think we all miss Bluestone Manor. If I'm, you know, I don't think I'm crazy. I think we all do. Um, And then, okay. In a recent TikTok that went viral, Sammy Sheen, Denise Richards and Charlie Sheen's daughter made a video. She obviously made a TikTok. And I think now she's private on uh, social media after this kind of like blew up. But she stated one year ago, she was trapped in an abusive household and she hated herself. Quote, she would go days without eating or sleeping, feeling insanely depressed, hated school. And now she's finally moved out of the hell house and had a spiritual awakening, owns two cats, happy, single, and full of self-love. So when this first came out, everyone was kind of like, wait, was she living with Denise? Like we were all kind of like putting the pieces together here. Well, People Magazine uh, spoke to a source, rep, if you will, for Denise Richards, stating that yes, Sammy was living with Denise at this time. 
Denise, in quotes, set normal rules that any parent would be setting. She's a mom and a parent and there are rules. She didn't want to follow them. Charlie didn't support implementing these rules. He has a very different way of parenting and Sammy decided to live with her dad. Denise loves her daughter very much and she's saddened by the situation. I, listen, I just hope Sammy is doing well. I hope her and Denise, if there is any friction or any you know, division in that relationship. I hope that they get together, come together, work it out. To live with Charlie Sheen is probably not the easiest thing in the world, but I'm a thousand percent sure he is probably a different parent than he would be like a partner. So he probably doesn't have the same rules as Denise. Cause I think Denise, like, I don't want to say, I think she may be overcorrected for the fact that Charlie was so wild, but she might have. Like, this woman had been through so much with Charlie Sheen that she probably wanted to, like, shield her daughters from so much, which is why last season, I mean, I don't really want to get into last season of Beverly Hills because that was a complete fucking shit show. And I, I enjoyed it, but it was a shit show, if you know what I'm saying. Like, she would get upset with the women for talking about certain things with her daughters present And it's like, I don't know why this was such a hard concept for people to understand. They often were like, well, then just don't have your daughters around. And it's like, well, her friends were there. I'm sure Denise feels pressure to have the other parents feel comfortable. Like, oh, you're going to the woman's house who was married to Charlie fucking Sheen. Like that, you know, like she did wild things. Like there's a whole persona of Denise Richards, right? That she's like really sexual. She's this, she's that. And I think she is all those things, but I also think she can also be a mom and a mother and want to shield her children from these situations. And they do live in Hollywood. I just think there's a lot to this situation. And I just hope Sammy is doing well. Um, I hope Denise is doing well. I miss her. I don't think she should ever come back to reality television. I don't think that that was her calling. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. It's just definitely not her calling. So... Andy said, Andy Cohen, Lord and Savior, Andy Cohen, said on his radio show, he was talking to John Benjamin Hickey about the reunion. The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion wrapped up. And, you know, I'm worried. (laughs) I'm, frankly, you guys, I'm a little worried about the reunion. I don't know why, but I just feel it in my heart and my soul that we're not going to to get the reckoning of Erica that I think people want, if you know what I'm saying. I don't think it's going to flop, but I think we need to set our expectations not so high and think Andy Cohen is going to be like, you did this. And like, no, Andy is very, people say he's biased towards Erica. I don't necessarily think that, but I do think Andy has to be very careful with like towing that line of, asking the questions we want, but also, I mean, he said on his radio show multiple times during this interview or this talk with John that he's like, she hasn't been charged with anything. And I agree, like, as much as I think the way she's handled the situation is really appalling and we don't know for sure and her stories are mixed up and crazy, we'll get to that in a minute, but we have to keep in mind, she's not a Jen Shaw. Like, she hasn't been charged with anything, which causes, like, a lot of confusion, obviously. So Andy just really wanted to, like, get that out there really quick on the show and be like, listen, she hasn't been charged with anything, but 
They did spend, he said, a big chunk in the beginning of the reunion about the divorce, the separation, about Tom um, with Erica. And I guess towards the end, there was about a 90-minute spirited conversation is what he says where, you know, Erica pretty much, he said, Erica answered everything. Every question I asked, he said, she answered. So, I mean, that gave me some hope. I like, let's just hope the questions were actually good. He did say like, you know, the viewers sent in amazing questions. He's like, we definitely uh, represented the tenor of what the viewers were saying. And he's like, it was engaging and surprising. And his favorite part of the reunion is he said that there was no walk-offs. They were all there. They were all engaged. He said nothing was left on the table. Like they all got it out there because he also talked about how there's like it's not just the Erica drama. Like there's little things going on within everybody in the group, right? Like there's the Kyle and the Garcelle, the Garcelle and Lisa, the Garcelle and Dorit, the Dorit and Kyle situation from the very beginning of the season, the Crystal Sutton stuff, the Sun Erica, like it's all intertwined. And I think that that is what is making this season so fucking good and incredible. So, and Lisa Reno was on Watch What Happens Live last night. And I was a little surprised to see that she was on. What did I, like, I feel like I missed something. Like, did a guest not show up or something? Because, like, she was just on. I don't know. It Maybe I'm missing something. I probably am. But she seemed to have a different energy about her last night. Like, when Andy brought up the Denise stuff again, which I feel like Lisa will never be able to escape, but... <laughs> She said she was like, I feel badly about how I behaved with her. Like, she just had this, a calmer energy. Like, she was less pent up about stuff. There was less, like, stress, I think. I don't know. I feel like maybe they really did get everything out on the table and everybody kind of left feeling good. And I I personally love that there was no walk-offs. I, I love a walk-off when it's like Camille Grammer walking off with her dress, like hanging off her body, like trying to get the mic pack off. That's, that's what I enjoy. I didn't enjoy the summer house walk-offs with Kyle. That was so fucking dramatic. Like sit the fuck down. What are we doing? Even the Shaw's reunion, the walk-off with Reza, I was like, I know he's crying, but come on, like, let's sit down and have this conversation. It's just, I don't know. So that made me feel better hearing that because before I was a little, I was a little anxious, I gotta tell you. So let's discuss the episode of Beverly Hills, AKA what I keep calling the moment. Beverly Hills right now is the moment. Uh, I can't discuss this episode without obviously talking about this mysterious accident slash burglary slash robbery slash like winter storm that apparently her son (laughs) drove through. I listen. So apparently Tom and his house in Pasadena was, there was a burglary and Tom confronted the burglar. He has glaucoma. There was stress, I guess, from the, the burglar, like from doing this, that It then caused pressure on his eye and caused him to go to the hospital. The stepson went to go check on him. And then on his way home, he drove through the snowy hills uh, because apparently he lives north. That's just what Erica keeps saying. I don't really know what that means exactly. But they are in California and flips his car five times. We, I'm assuming everyone is good. I'm assuming the son is doing well. I don't really know how you flip a car 
and walk away like totally fine. Like how was this never discussed? Like in the press, like none of this has ever come out. And I just find that to be so strange. And so Kyle says in her confessional, she's just like, this is unbelievable. I just can't even believe this. And she's like, not that I don't believe Erica, but it's an unbelievable story. And I have to agree. It's it's a little crazy. And like PK said, ooh, guys, uh, <laughs> he said, you know, I'm not a statistician, but statistically, this doesn't really make sense. Like, why are people rolling down hills like this? Like, why are people rolling their cars? Like, what is happening here that these are the stories that are being told? And he's saying, you know, it's not that he doesn't believe Erica. He feels that Tom is the one telling her these stories and she's believing it because she was in a very controlling marriage uh, for 22 years. And that is just the status quo for her. It's just like, okay, Tom or someone on Tom's team is telling me this is what happened. I'm going to go with the story. And I mean, they're like blown away. Like Mauricio and PK, Mauricio was fucking blown out of his mind. (laughs) Okay. He is like, I love that he's just leaning into being a stoner. You know what I'm saying? Like he's fully leaning into this idea that Mauricio just is a stoner because when Kyle just wanted him to fucking light candles, he was like, where are they? Like, he's just so funny. I love Kyle and uh, Mauricio's relationship, but I also love PK and Dorit and Kyle and Mauricio together. I like seeing Kyle in her home, like cooking and like, you know, cooking this nice dinner party. It felt very intimate. It felt like they really are friends outside of the show, which I know we knew that, but to see it together, like it just felt good. So Kyle and Dorit are like trying to tell the men these stories about the hills and the falling out of the car and the eye and the glaucoma. And PK and Mauricio are genuinely like, are you guys like listening to yourselves? Like, what are you even saying? And then PK said the funniest line of the night. There has been some really good lines in this season in general, specifically coming from like Kathy Hilton. But I personally, this is my personal favorite. Let's focus on the angle, right? He's not a soccer player. He's a lawyer. This is a 79-year-old lawyer. Yeah. And the wife goes, no, 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 not the brain. Um, yeah, so it's just my favorite, it's my favorite quote because PK is just a star. Like, we just got to be honest with ourselves. He deserves the diamond. He deserves an apple. Get him on every franchise. I get him on, I want him on Watch What Happens Live. Like, I want him and Mauricio in one of those chairs. I know the boys or the men, excuse me, the husbands, of New Jersey, they go on Watch It Happens Live and it's fun and cute. I'm like, get PK and Mauricio on. They would be so funny together. I know Andy would probably have a good time with Mauricio beforehand because I know Andy, uh, I believe, allegedly, I'm covering all my faces, obviously, partakes in the weed uh, or is the reefer, as Mary Cosby calls it. Um, I just enjoyed that dinner. I thought, I thought PK brought up very valid points. And I love that it's very obvious that Dorit and PK gossip together. (laughs) Like, that's my ideal relationship. I want a husband who I can gossip with, who's like, who like giggles and like can tell jokes and like not insert himself in women's drama, but like with me, I want him to talk about it. Does that make sense? Like, I want to talk shit with 
the person I'm married to. Is that, that's probably not healthy. You know what, whatever, I don't give a fuck. Uh, what is healthy anymore? We don't even know. And then, you know, Garcelle is getting back onto the dating game. I was very triggered by her going on Bumble. Watch, like watching this goddess go on the same app that I'm on. I was like, girl, get a new fucking matchmaker. This is not how you do things. Like you're Garcelle. You don't need to be answering prompts. You don't need to be saying like the three things I look for or like what my mom thinks about me is dot dot. Like we don't need Garcelle answering these questions. She needs to be like, I totally am on the same page as Garcelle. I want to like meet someone in person. Like I want to like have that connection where like you bump into them. And I, you know, I really think Garcelle should invest in my single person grocery store. I will talk about it every episode until it happens. I want to reach for a head of, you know, cauliflower and his hand touches mine and it's a beautiful little meat cute. That's what I want. And that's what Garcelle wants. And what Garcelle wants, Garcelle gets. Let's be fucking honest. But then we see the guy and he's looking like a snack. He's really hot, but I think he's hot, but I don't think that is Garcelle's type. I think Garcelle is more about connection and more about like you know, being bonded with someone like emotionally and intellectually. I think she obviously loves a hot body, but I think, I mean, and this is going to sound rude, but looking at her her ex-husband, I'm like, she's obviously okay with being like the most beautiful in the relationship. You know what I'm saying? Like kind of like a Dorit. Like Dorit married PK knowing like this is a personality here, which makes him attractive, which is great, which is fine. That's like the goals in life. You want someone to make you laugh. But so this guy that like Garcelle is obviously being shown, I'm like, yeah, he's hot. Obviously he has abs, but it's like when you're in LA, doesn't everyone have abs? It's not like standard. I don't know. And personally, I'm not like an ab girl. Like I don't, I don't need an ab to make me happy. I personally, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like going in a rant here. Because for me, I just think when a guy looks like that, that's like the only thing they're into. And then they'll like be really obsessive about what they eat. And I just can't deal with that in life. Uh, It's just something I refuse to deal with. I actually, when I was manifesting my dream man with my friend Paige on one of my cards, I was like, he can't be like a gym rat. That is just not a cute moment for me. Anyways, back to Garcelle. So, I mean, I wish her the best of luck. I hope she finds someone like, not on Bumble. She deserves better than that. And Dorit is throwing this this wedding party, this wedding dress party where the models have to stand on boxes in wedding dresses outside of her window. And I got a text from my friend, Chris, Chris Lewis. He hosts shortcomings with me. (laughs) And he texted me last night and he goes, you were right. She has so much seating in her house. And like, None of them are the same fabric. None of them are the same shape. Not like the seating in Dorit's home is out of fucking control. I counted last week. I said it on the podcast, but then afterwards I was like, you know what? I got to count how many chairs this bitch has in her one room. It was 22. She had 22 options for people to sit on. Why? I don't know. And that was just in that frame, that one Little frame of PK and Dorit eating charcuterie. Absolutely fucking mind-blowing. I was like, what are we doing? 
Yeah. So there's that. So I don't want to say I felt like this episode was a filler episode because I feel like that's really negative sounding. I think it was just a good episode of Housewives, if that makes sense. Like, it's obviously not going to be like Erica yelling at Sutton at the dinner party. Like, we're not going to get those every episode. I think this was just a good, fun, funny episode. And we got some drama with Garcelle and Dorit where Dorit has this like really confused idea of like what Garcelle should and shouldn't be doing. And I don't understand this. Like Garcelle is like, I told you to your face how I felt. And yet Dorit is continuously repeating, you need to be more direct with me. It's like, what do you want her to do? And Kyle's like, you literally have to tell her to shut up. And I'm like, that's weird. That's a weird thing. Like, because I fucking guarantee if Garcelle ever looked at Dorit and told her to shut up and was like serious and not in this conversation, in this context, like they were just at a regular dinner party and Garcelle looked at her and was like, shut up. That would not go over well. Okay. It just wouldn't. And this whole fight with them feels so fucking odd. I just can't seem to wrap my head around it. And Dorit really thinks she's right. And that's, honestly, that's something I love about her. Because she she thinks that this conversation and her stance is going to sit with us viewers who are going to be like, yeah, Dorit, Garcelle is really gunning for you. Garcelle's not gunning for you. Garcelle is like, please, you talk a lot. You know, you weren't being honest the other night. Like, she's not being a bully. And Oh, it was just frustrating. And of course, Erica and Sutton, I was blown away by Erica and Sutton at this episode. It was very subtle, but Erica actually wasn't horrible to her. And I was shocked. I thought Erica would completely ignore her. I thought Erica would walk away when Sutton walked up to the little table. She didn't. She complimented her. She moved her bag so Sutton could like set her drink down. And I was like, hmm, interesting. I have a theory that when Erica watches the show, I think she's obviously upset of what Sutton is saying about her. But I almost feel like a part of her will kind of respect the fact that when she sees it play out, I mean, I could totally be wrong. I could listen. I could be wrong. But maybe when she watches it play out, she'll be like, wow, this girl was actually being honest with me the whole time. And the people I thought were my friends, like Kyle specifically, and Dorit too, obviously, she had a lot to say about Erica, is like, wow, you guys weren't really upfront with me. Like you thought, you said you were, or I thought you were. And I just, a part of me feels like there is that Georgia connection between Sutton and Erica that like, will always kind of keep them like, we see each other type of thing. Also, I think Erica will maybe respect Sutton. I don't know. These are just theories. I I mean, I totally could be wrong. She could literally be wishing death on Sutton as we speak. I don't know. But I I don't get that vibe. When I saw her move her purse at the table, I was like, huh, maybe there's something there. Because I don't think she'll ever allow Sutton into her life in a friendly, in a friendship way. But I think that maybe there's something. I don't know. But that, you know, that's pretty much all I have to say about Real Houses of Beverly Hills. I'm really excited for you guys to listen to my chat with Hannah. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get into that. 
Let's be honest, ratings and reviews are so important, especially when you're in need of a doctor. You wouldn't go to a restaurant if they only had one star, so why go through all of that with a healthcare provider? And after the last year, now is the time to prioritize your health. Whether you need a primary care physician, a dentist, dermatologist, psychiatrist, eye doctor, or other specialists, ZocDoc has you covered. Just download the free ZocDoc app, the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or video chat. Never wait on hold with a receptionist again. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. Go to ZocDoc.com H-O-T-M and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash H-O-T-M. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Samantha. Nice to meet you. Oh my God. Nice to meet you too. Like we're like officially meeting. I know. I was like, Jade, I've DM'd this bitch. So many dark nights. So many, so many dark nights. All right. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for doing this. I'm like so excited to talk with you. I know. I'm so excited. I do. I've always loved following your account. And overall, I feel like you've always been just like good energy. Oh my God. Well, thank you. And also like, first off, congratulations on like all your success at the comedy tour and everything. How is that going? Oh my God. It's been, it's been crazy because I feel like, um, after college I was in sales, I was in marketing and I just felt like bored and like empty. And I just, I wanted to get back into like video cause I did some video like sports broadcasting college and I never thought I'd end up on reality TV, but I never had like a real specific goal. I just wanted to entertain. And I finally feel like I'm in this space where I love writing. I love making people laugh. I love kind of calling out like the things that people are afraid to say. I love being raw on stage. I love seeing people like in person and just being as close to like finding my authentic self as possible and stand up has really brought me like joy after like so much darkness of the pandemic. I was just about to ask you about that. Like, how was it going back out there post COVID? Because like, I, and I'm, I know we're still kind of like in COVID, but now that people are able to come see you, like, how has that been? It was crazy because a lot of comics during the pandemic did like, um, zoom shows and stuff. And I kind of took a break and like fully committed to podcasting. Paige and I were creating Giggly Squad and I was just like creating funny videos all the time and then filming Summer House. So once things opened up, my whole life is different than pre-pandemic where all my jokes were about being single. Mm -hmm. And now my jokes, I had to I now am like had a ring on my finger, so I had to write a bunch of new material. But the people have been so fucking amazing. Where I think everyone's, I think everyone has gone through some sort of mental health shit during the pandemic, like to different extent, yeah, and different levels. So 
people being out just ready to have fun they just want to have a good time so bad and i feel like the energy is better than ever and i've been traveling to some places that i never thought i would ever be like kansas city and you know houston texas or richmond virginia and i've just felt so much like love and like almost like a common feeling of everyone just wanting to find some like light in the darkness that we've all been exposed to and everyone's coped differently oh i totally know what you mean and like I was listening to your podcast that you did with Josh Flagg and um like before your interview you obviously talked about like anxiety and like I just have to say I relate to that so hard because like and I think it's so important and I love how much like you are so open and vulnerable about that so I just like have to say thank you like for always being like so open about anxiety because, but I also loved when you talked about um, how people almost use anxiety or depression as like a clickbaity um, (laughs) kind of joke or something. It's like weird. It's like, no, this is a real thing that people struggle with. Well, I, I feel like, especially with Instagram, people like are so fake with portraying their lives which is okay everyone wants to put out their best self totally then like anxiety and depression kind of became this like trend and um I've been talking about it like on the pod for a long time and it's like sometimes people are will just kind of say stuff to where I do think it's great that people are talking about it and I'm the first to like joke about it to make people feel like a little more relatable but it's like it's not something that's glamorous, you know? Right. Like, like, for example, on TikTok, people talk about, like, recovering from depression or, like, their wellness journey. And it's, like, matcha lattes and, you know, a beautiful journal with, like, a beautiful pen. With, like, white linen, like, bedding and, like, there's candles. Yes. And I'm just like, and, what like, the fuck is going on? And, like, no, oh, no makeup, makeup look. And, like, I'm, like... I think when I went on reality TV, it was actually, it was Teresa Judice's lawyer who I was friends with, who I was like, Jim? I, it's, it's the New York community. He, he was like a friend of a friend. And I was like, do you have any advice for me? Oh my God. And, and he was like, well, what's your role? Like, are you going to be the hot mess? Are you going to be the truth teller? Are you going to be the sexy one? Are you going to be like the, the drama one? And I was like, I, I don't like putting myself into boxes. Like, I want to show that women could be, like, sexy, but also, like, sporty, but also, like, confident, but also insecure. And also, like, like have their shit together, but mm-hmm. also fall apart sometimes. Yeah, you wanted to and show that women are complex. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. I do feel like in my stand-up, I'm able to tell a lot more about who I am and how my mind works. And I think... One thing that uh, people might not know about me is um, I'm, like, deeply fucking sensitive. Like, reality TV was my biggest fear. Like, I'll go on old pods being, like, my biggest fear is, like, being portrayed not completely, like, who I am. And then I realized at the end of it all, like, we're here to entertain. And, you know, my first two seasons surprisingly went really well. Mm-hmm. Um, or like I never felt like I was the cool girl or I was the one people would look up to like I never thought I was aspirational but suddenly people like liked my story liked my vibe who knows mm-hmm. 
And then my last season during quarantine, like, I was an emotional wreck. And I was really struggling with a lot of things. I was also falling in love. I was also having, like, personal stuff. Um, I mean, and I hope that, like, in my ups and downs of seasons that maybe I think I, like, was able to at least pe- make people feel either a little more sane about their own experiences right. or be like, damn, like, it's okay to be vulnerable and emotional. Yeah. And I mean, I also think that that's a a huge thing that no one really discussed was like COVID happened. And then all of a sudden you guys had to just like act like everything was normal. And it's like, like, for example, I was just at a bachelorette over the weekend and I was having like some serious anxiety just being around that many people in a small house like, because that was the very first time. So I'm like, I can't imagine coming right out of COVID and having to then shoot a show and try to like get my bearings. Like I, I couldn't do it. So it was also like, I was in bed a lot. I'm not going to lie. And like, I was dealing with, Oh my God. I was dying at you and Paige watching love Island. We, yeah, we had times (laughs) where like, we weren't supposed to be anywhere. So, like, I was not about to be running around. I was like, we have to watch all of Love Island, and we did. Like you said earlier about being a complex person, it's like a lot of people don't see women in that way. And so when they do, they don't really know what to do with her. Like, And especially anger. I think that when a man is angry versus when a woman is angry, it gets such different responses on television. It's crazy. I mean, that's the whole, like, joke about how Giggly Squad started. Oh, my God. season two. <laughs> the stuff that was said to me and cursed at me and yelled at me, like, people don't even know. And I just stood there. And I kind of just took it and then made it into a funny podcast. It's hilarious. I will never forget that was, episode. But when I was stuck in a house with people, I thought, you know what? America knows me. They know what I'm about. They know my heart. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk back. And it turns out I'm actually not that good at fighting. <laughs> and I didn't always make sense. And I was emotional crying and people I don't know if it reminds them something about like themselves or something they don't ever want to see themselves do. But um I was a tennis player. I used to lose it on the court all the time. But I was like passionate and right. expressive. And um I do think that we're not there yet with like accepting like women's full spectrum of emotions. No. Because I'm not the hot girl. I'm not the like quiet girl. I'm not just the funny girl. I'm like a lot more shit and I don't know if people were ready to take it on. No, I, I, I mean, I get that. I was just having this conversation with my friends the other day where it's like we were talking about how men don't understand feeling more than one emotion in a day. Like, I can wake up happy and feel angry in the middle of the day and probably go to bed feeling anxious. And, like, that's just a day in the life. Yeah. And, and they're just, like, funny. confused. At the end of the season, a lot of people were just, like, we didn't like your behavior. Like, that was, like, the biggest thing that people were saying. And I, I was just kind of – I was very confused because I felt like if you watched all the seasons – Every single person has had a time that they were angry. Mm-hmm. Every single person has had a time where, like, they felt like a, a guy hurt their feelings. And I'm like, wait, so I'm, am I not allowed to feel hurt? Am I not allowed to feel um, upset when people are insulting me? 
do I have to be a robot? And I feel like a lot of women are taught to just be caretakers and sweet. And when you're upset, just like cry on the side. Um, and I never imagined like the like extent of negativity I would get for like just trying to defend myself. But again, it's the context that you see things in. Yeah. And you talked about too on the podcast that this idea of like blocking and muting people is like, is like considered a sign of weakness. If you're receiving this hate and you want to block or mute, people are like, oh, she can't handle it. I am an advocate of the block button. Like the amount of people I have blocked on Twitter, because I'm like, I'm not allowing you to make me feel bad on my own phone. Like, yes, yes. Oh my God. I did. When I was doing chat room, we did Oh my gosh, shoot, I forget which rapper. I think it might have been like Tamron or something. I don't know, but a rapper said he blocked 500,000 accounts. Oh my God. And I was laughing so hard. But um, for me, it's funny too because people will be like, when people say really horrible, vulgar things or something really mean or some things that are just untrue on my page that like, also my sister, I am a. I'm a family bitch. Like, my grandma follows my page. Right. And I will delete it. People be like, uh, she's deleting comments. And I was like, I'm, my page is not like, a, my page is my page. And I'll take off anything that I feel like is something. Oh, I know. I know. Stuff. It's not like just a piece of artwork for trolls to paint on, you know? No. And like, again, people don't seem to understand that. They're like, because it's, they always are like, well, it's your platform and you're opening yourself up for criticism. It's like, there's a difference between just being a fucking asshole and being in, in constructively criticizing me. Like, it's just, it's yeah. very different and I don't have to be a part of that. Like, But I also think the hardest thing with the pandemic was like, we, the cast, didn't see each other for a couple months before filming. Mm -hmm. And it was just kind of virtual and it was just a show airing. And, um, Honestly, season two was, like, a great season for me. I didn't expect it. And coming in, people had a lot of emotions. Um, and then I find, found out I got chat room, which was, like, a dream come true. And one thing I learned about reality TV is if enough people are willing to, like, talk about about you and confessionals, it's very hard to for people to see your side. Yeah, you, it's almost like you're being, like, ambushed. Like, it's this weird... So that would be well, like the average hard... viewer. They're like, okay, like three people are saying this. So right. It must be true. So let's talk about Des. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. I personally am like a huge advocate for dating older men. <laughs> oh, so, gosh. like, when you started dating Des and you were like, he, what was he at the time? Like 44? I think he was 44. Yeah. Okay, yeah. See, I'm a creep. Okay. Um, no, this is, this is good. You did your research. Yeah. Um, so I think he was like 44 and I just remember being like, yes, bitch. Like, yes. Like it's, it's great. So like, congrats on the engagement. Um, oh my God, thank you. how did you guys meet? Okay. <laughs> the story's so funny because five years ago I was like, I think I was in marketing and I went to a comedy club and I hated my job. We went to the comedy cellar and this cute guy is performing and I like loved his voice. I loved his like how he carried himself. He was so funny. And like humor to me is everything. And his jokes were all about how he lives in Ireland. So I was like, oh, I guess I'm not marrying this dude. Right. And um, fast forward, I got into comedy and like I think like I get 
like maybe a couple months before filming Summer House, he added me on Instagram because he saw me on actually Nikki Glazer's story, who he was friends with. And I assume maybe he just wanted me on his podcast or something, but we never talked. And then it's actually a pretty Bravo relevant story. During COVID, I was literally locked up with my parents and five cats. And I was like, like Luke was calling me twice a day. I was FaceTiming some football player. Like I was just feeling kind of lost, but like trying my best to find love. You were trying your best. You were love in the pandemic, love in the time of Corona. like weird FaceTime dates. Oh my God. I'm like, I have like PTSD. That was like a real moment. I have like 10 minutes of stand up about like the darkness of FaceTime dating. And Luann's assistant loves Giggly Squad and said, Luann's on Shelter Island. Can we do like an outdoor social distance lunch? I'd love for you to meet Luann. And I was like, oh, I have to meet Luann. Like I've never met her. I've, I haven't even gone outside. So we go, and he has so much fun. And she's just, like, everything you think she'd be. She's exactly the same. But, like, kind of took a liking to me. And, like, I guess because she, she has a very, like, fun side to her and silly side. Just, like, wants to chill and, like, enjoy Shelter Island. Yeah. So we take a photo together. And I tag it, like, salt on Shelter Island, this restaurant we went to. And Dez randomly slides into my DMs. And he was the most, like, classy slide ever where he basically was like, hey, are you out east? And I'm like... Oh, that's very, like, Irish. Irish dude. So he's lived in Ireland since he's 14 and occasionally will come back to West Hampton where he has a family house. And because of the pandemic, he decided to leave Ireland to be in West Hampton during the pandemic. So the pandemic literally was the only reason he was... Here in the Hamptons. Yeah, wow. So he, I was like, yeah, I am. And he's like, um, do you want to get coffee in Sag Harbor? Stop. And I was like, sure, here's my digits. And that was it. And you guys like got coffee and then that was it. And you just like really liked him. So we got coffee. And it, the first time I got in the car, I was like annoyed because my dad dropped me off like 40 minutes early because he had a golf. Not your dad was, dropping you off, Hannah. Oh, honey, I don't have a driver's license. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Hardcore New York. Yeah, this is, like, oh. very New York. Okay, I was like, Hannah, why is your dad <laughs> dropping you off the coffee? He dropped me off at the ferry. Okay. I showed down to the ferry. So there was, like, some, I, like, traveled um, the sea to get to him. Oh, my God. And I was annoyed because it was 90 degrees and I was sweating so much. Were you nervous? I was nervous. I was angry. I was feeling every emotion. Yeah. Um, which we love. We're we love. Today. And I get in the car and most guys, I would pretend like I'm perfect for six months, but I sat down and something about it made me comfortable. And I was just like, my dad pissed me off. <laughs> like my dad are actually best friends. Like we're the same person. We've gone through everything together. So I just, we bust each other's balls mm-hmm. and I'm complaining and, does turns and goes at least your parents are alive <gasps> oh my god Hannah and we just start hysterically laughing because his parents did pass away rest in peace but he has this dark silly sense of humor that like immediately put a smile on my face and that kind of maybe like put you at ease too like okay like I can hang with this guy I can laugh with him and joke with him and it's fine yeah, like, I mean that joke was a make or break for the day <laughs> it, was it was ballsy it was a real ballsy, ballsy move So, did you know that the engagement was coming? Well, it's so funny because (laughs) 
as comics, we would joke a lot, and I would, like, send him rings, and he would respond, like, on it, and I'd be like, is he kidding or not? And then I, in February, I... I was filming chat room when we went to my parents and my dad and him were talking in the other room. And then my dad walked back in when I was like in the bathroom and I heard him be like, I said no to him. Ha ha. Mm-hmm. And like, and you also have that weird sense. And then while I was at summer house, he used to send me really funny, like singing videos mm-hmm. <laughs> of him just singing about like what was going on or like how he missed me or like an old date we went on. So one morning he sent me a funny video again because he stopped sending the videos because, you know, we were starting to get into like boring marriage mode. (laughs) At the end of the video, he's like, I have something to tell you. And then he was at the bed and proposed. And it was just like, that's I I was going to change after that. And I realized I had to make some decisions for like the health of our relationship because with like where my my entertainment career was going to go. Yeah. And so I'm assuming that he's been, like, really a great support to you, like, throughout this horrible time that you've been having. Well, I do think that, like, I wouldn't wish this on anyone's relationship where, like, when we, like, fell in love and and then we had to, like, deal with, like, a lot of comments and online speculation about, like, our relationship and stuff. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine that. And... And it's also, like, I felt bad because I made him come on. Like, he wanted to, but I was like, no, this will be great. <laughs> You're like, we're going to have was, so much fun. <laughs> it was like, it works well with British Dave. Like, Armand and I were fine. Like, it works. It was fine with Luke. Like, it's going to be fine. Like, people love love. Like, let's do this. Let's, yeah. Let's do it. So, but he's been just really good at telling me to, like, stay away from comments and gearing me towards, like, what really makes me happy and and having someone that understands stand up and like knows the journey that I'm on right now has been amazing. Like the, tonight I'm going to open for one of his shows and he's been featuring for me on the road on tour. So like does comes to a bunch of shows and it's been like a whole new kind of bonding experience. We've worked together in a lot of ways. <laughs> I joke that like your relationship early on, like anyone could get along for six months pretending, but like, and, Get in a tough situation. See, put together an IKEA couch just to see if you won't get hit by a two by four. Right. And then getting. Well, I'm so happy for you, and I, I'm glad to see that you're doing well, and that the comedy tour is doing so well. And, um, what can we like? I won't keep you for very much longer, but, mm-hmm. um, what can we expect next from you? Like, are you gonna just continue touring? Like, what's the vibes here? Like, what's your dreams? Oh my God. Good question. So I'm touring and with the tour, like right now I have about an hour of stand-up material that I work on. Like every night I'm doing stand-up in the city to just like you cut and you edit and you add and you write. Ultimately I want to have a, um, a stand-up special. And I also, I do really love comedy acting. Like I started in comedy, funny video writing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, and maybe I'll be back on the TV screen. Maybe I'll, I'll write something or get involved in something. And I do think I, I have some stuff I'm working on with some other really talented comics. Um, and I've, I've surrounded myself with some really, like, just 
driven, positive, cool people that really support me and love me. And I've been, I feel like that's been the best part of um, this transition that I've gone on that's over the last couple of months. That's so exciting. Well, I look forward to seeing like a Netflix special or... Yeah, that would be sick, right? Yeah, that would be awesome. Where can people find you, listen to you? Oh, yeah. So you can go to hannahbernard.com to see what cities I'm going to be at next. I'm going to be at the, in the West Coast soon. I'm doing New Jersey, Buffalo. I'm doing Nashville. Um, I think Paige and Sierra might come to that. I'm um, Shout out to Paige and Sierra, Queens. Yes, Queens. Um, yeah. Well, thanks so much, Hannah. Yes, thank you for letting me speak on a lot of things and for always supporting me. You're the best. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed my talk with Hannah. Of course, there's more of this interview where we talk about how stressful confessionals were for her this past season, Uh, the Luke of it all, the Des of it all. We talk about that. Uh, Just make sure you go check that out over on thedip.com. That's D-I-P-P. And make sure you rate, subscribe, and review this podcast. And... Of course, check out the other Dip's amazing podcast. There's Exposed, which is a drag race podcast, TV Watch Repeat, Pop Chaser, But Now We Said It, uh, Slut Pig Podcast. There's so many amazing ones. Just whatever you're into, you'll find a podcast that's like for you. Um, And then I'll see you guys around on Instagram. We'll talk next week. Bye. Here's to the great American settlers. The millions of you who settled for unsatisfying jobs because they pay the bills. Of course, there is something else you could do if you got something to say. Start a podcast with Spreaker from iHeart and unleash your creative freedom. Maybe even earn enough money to one day tell your old boss, Hey, I'm no settler. I'm an explorer. Spreaker.com. S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Hustle on over today. The best food in the world isn't on your typical delivery apps. It's right down the street in your very own neighborhood. With Chef, you can enjoy authentic dishes from over 90 different countries, freshly prepared by your local neighbors and delivered right to your door. With over 1 million dishes served, your local cooks spend hours preparing your meals with care plus attention you won't find anywhere else. Explore a world of flavor today at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S dot com.